Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 58. I am coming to you on time with the new episode. Uh, all right, let's jump straight in here. This band is uh, the legendary band Mayhem from Norway. Um, they released their new album, their sixth album overall, called Damon, and uh, that came out on well in October of this past year. And it immediately kind of made a splash onto a lot of people's like end of year best of lists, and it didn't. It didn't hit me that hard. Like, it, it's decent, but uh, my biggest beef with it is that they clearly are just trying to copy the sound that they've already done before from De Mysterious Dom Satanis, and they're trying to kind of like recapture that sound. And um, I always liked their output with uh, with Blasphemer on guitar and, and all the songwriting that he did because he really tried to push the band forward and advance their sound and push it to these different extremes and uh it, this just kind of feels like a bit of a uh, an easy way out so to speak like a regression back to that classic style uh just because they know fans would love it so and they did clearly so there's plenty of people that are just really clamoring for this album and it's not bad it's a solid record um but overall i was pretty underwhelmed um, just from a creativity standpoint, but there are some really good standout tracks on this record. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, the record's called Damon that came out this past October and it was their first one since 2014. Uh, 2014 was when their last album, Esoteric Warfare, came out. And this new one came out on Century Media and, um, yeah, a couple of the singles that they released were kind of just, eh, they were alright, but this track stood out to me as just having a really evil vibe and um, I think it's probably the best one on the record so I think it's the third or fourth cut on the album I can't remember but uh, but here we go from Norway this is Mayhem with Bad Blood
All right, that was Mayhem with Bad Blood. Um, some really cool moments in that song, and uh, I have to say that I've never been a big fan of Attila's vocals, but I think this album, strangely enough, is kind of his most tolerable vocal performance uh, that he's ever done, with Mayhem at least. Um, okay, we're going to go to the USA out of Cleveland, Ohio. This is a band that I think a lot of people kind of overrate, but they're still a good band, you know, nonetheless. Um, there's a lot of bands out there kind of doing this style now and doing this look, especially. I'm really, <laughs> really burned out on seeing other bands copying this band's look, but um, what are you going to do? Hoods are the new corpse paint. That's that's my thing. That's my phrase, but... Um, the band is Midnight, and they have kind of reached this cult status, and I've actually uh, seen Midnight um, at a festival in Maryland, now that I think about it, out in the woods, but uh, they put on a good show. But they just released their fourth album on uh, the 24th, so yesterday, because uh, I'm recording this on Saturday the 25th of January, but, uh, but yeah, they just released this album yesterday, so... Fourth album overall came out on Metal Blade Records. It's called Rebirth by Blasphemy. But um, there's really no wild changes or anything stylistically from this band. They just kind of do that uh, blackened, thrashy, speed metal type thing. And um, and yeah, they're a solid band. They're good at what they do. But I think there's several other bands out there that are better. But uh, yet for some reason, Midnight will release this album. And I'm already seeing people just saying, you know, oh man... It's only January, and this is already my album of the year, and you know, it's like, alright, let's tap the brakes a little bit here, but, but yeah, it's fun stuff, it's high energy stuff, so here we go, let's get right into it. Off of Rebirth by Blasphemy, this is Midnight with Escape the Grave. Yeah. 
All right, that was Midnight from Cleveland, Ohio with Escape the Grave. All right, we're going to jump to Sweden next. This is a band that I have only recently heard of and, and checked out their back catalog. Uh, it's a one-man band called Jordeblod, and Jordeblod uh, released their debut, oh, I want to say it was in 2017 or 18. I think it was 17 or 18. I, I, sh- I should have wrote that one down. But um, it came out on Iron Bonehead Productions, and uh, they always have a really solid lineup and some solid releases. So um, that's actually what prompted me to check them out in the first place. Is, is uh, that is one way that I do find bands to play on these episodes? Is uh, you know, there's certain labels that I really enjoy their output, and if there's a release or a band that I hadn't heard yet, I will just check it out out of just pure curiosity. And, uh, and this is one of those bands, and it's a one-man band, and uh, it's very good stuff, and it falls right in line with kind of that style uh, that I have really been loving in recent years, which is that really heavily echo, you know, reverb-laden kind of uh, raw production. It doesn't quite fit into death metal category or black metal category, and it's just kind of uh, a lot of dissonance and uh, interesting chord choices and things and it just falls right in line with that but the riffing and the guitar work uh in this band is uh is really interesting to me but um the new album called the cabinet of numinous song just came out yesterday on the 24th so it's their second album and this one also came out on iron bonehead productions um it's not even on spotify uh it's not on itunes (laughs) so i really had to go kind of searching around to try to find um, these songs for me to be able to purchase or download and you know to play on on the episode so um, I did some digging and listened through the new stuff and it's good it's very good um, but uh, yeah this one I listened to I think three cuts off of the new uh, album and this one stood out as my favorite so I'm gonna play it for you now so from Sweden off of the album The Cabinet of Numinous Song, this is Jordeblod with The Beauty of Every Wound.
that was your de Blot with the beauty of every wound um i'm really hoping that they put that whole record on like spotify or, or somewhere on Bandcamp. i think it might um eventually go on iron bonehead's uh band camp like their label uh band camp page hopefully so because i'd like to hear the full album um all right let's jump to germany here this band kind of stems from uh, the band Sodom, and that is because the drummer and guitar player of this band were members of Sodom, and the guitar player especially had been there since like 96. Um, he had been around for, for a while with Sodom. The drummer had been there for maybe the last like five years or so. And then like out of the blue, uh, old Tom uh, Angel Ripper from Sodom just kind of fired them both, <laughs> like via text message or something like that and decided that he wanted to uh, kind of revamp the whole band and make it a four-piece again and bring back one of their old guitar players and all of that stuff and it's working out in Sodom's favor because uh, they kind of have I guess um, sparked some interest that maybe hadn't been there in a few years um, however the output that they had uh, with this particular guitar player and drummer I thought was great I thought this guitar player was a really good songwriter and a great guitar player, of course. So yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things where I thought that they were kind of uh, flying high, so to speak, with uh, the records that they were releasing. But then, uh, yeah, they, these two guys got fired, but they decided to kind of keep going and uh, start a new band and just be in a band together. And uh, so they started this band uh, called Bonded, and they have the vocalist of the band, uh, Assassin, who's a good vocalist, and uh, there's a couple other guys, so they're from bands that I haven't uh, heard of, uh, unfortunately, but um, they just released their debut like a little over a week ago on Century Media. Um, their debut is called Rest in Violence, and uh, there's some good stuff on there. It's a little bit up and down. Uh, overall, I think it could stand to have a little more aggression to it, like the one I'm about to play here has a lot of aggression to it and speed and energy. But uh, overall, it's it's a little bit too kind of mid-paced um, for throughout the album. So I think it could do with a little bit more variety uh, with the tempos next time around. But uh, there's some strong songs on there and great production. And uh, yeah, it's promising. I'm glad that those two guys have, uh, have continued on. So, uh, But here we go. This is kind of your first taste of this band. So uh, from Germany, this is Bonded with Suit Murderer. Oh, God, you're broke, oh, God, no. 
All right, that was Bonded from Germany with Suit Murderer. That one was a definite uh, standout track from the record, but uh, I wish there was a few more on the album that were kind of that uh, that vibe. But um, it's kind of funny because they, you know, these two guys got fired, and then the drummer that they picked as his replacement to me sucks. <laughs> like I, I think he's kind of sloppy, and he just has a really stiff like style like I don't know you can just hear it in his playing that it just feels stiff and and forced almost but uh, this guy's drumming is sounds great on this album but um so yeah I think they I think it was definitely a step down for Sodom to uh, to pick somebody else uh, okay we're gonna go to Finland here this is a debut album I'm gonna play uh, this is another one off of Iron Bonehead uh, the band is called Celestial Grave and they have released a demo and an EP prior to this but uh, they released their debut last year in July called Secular Flesh, and uh, it's another one of those that kind of falls in line with uh, the style that I like. The production is pretty harsh here, and it's, uh, you know, I f- th- basically when I listen to this, I get the, the sense that this band would probably be awesome to see live. Um, I imagine it just being this big wall of sound, you know, live, and uh, it really working well. Uh, I think it's harder to kind of grasp what's going on uh, on the recordings, but um, but the spirit is still there, and you can decipher it well enough uh, to to get the point that they're trying to make. But uh, it's a good record, not my favorite, but uh, again, I think the material is there. But I just think it maybe works better in a live setting would be my guess. Um, but whatever, I'll let you decide for yourself. So here we go off of the album Secular Flesh. This is Celestial Grave with Lamentation.
All right, that was a pretty harsh ending to that tune, but uh, there you have it. That was Lamentation by Celestial Grave. All right, we're going to jump to Switzerland here. This is a band that I have played one other time on the podcast on a much earlier episode. But they are uh, a classic uh, band by uh, <laughs> by my standards, at least. I consider them to be. The band is Samael, and Samael, uh, of course, had some uh, like death black metal uh, early records, and then Ceremony of Opposites, their third album, is what uh, really kind of uh, was a game changer for them, and they, they used a lot of different elements in there, and just kind of, it was a really unique album, and it was a really strong album, and uh, from that point forward, they started experimenting more and more with uh, electronic drums, and uh, just different sounds within their, their you know, existing sound, and, um, and it had varying degrees of success. I mean, they've kind of hit their stride and, and are doing what they want to do these days. It's a little bit too, you know, uh, techno-y, electronic, you know, for me these days. But um, the early stuff was great, and some of their middle period stuff is great as well when they were still kind of injecting more and more of it, uh, of the these new elements into their sound. So uh, the album that came after Ceremony of Opposites was called Passage, and that came out in 1996. Their fourth album came out on Century Media. They've done 11 albums now uh, at, at this point. I think they're working on a new one as well for a release this year, I think. But um, but yeah, anywho, if I remember correctly, uh, this album, Passage, was acquired by my friend Chris... Uh, used at like a CD warehouse just kind of on a on a hunch like he had heard that this band was good type thing so he just got it for cheap and I remember thinking it was really cool and because uh, it was different it was different than the stuff that we were listening to at the time and um, I hadn't really gone back and listened to it in years and uh, I did so recently and uh, and found myself enjoying it very much same with uh, Ceremony of Opposites I hadn't listened to that one in a while either and I went back and listened and and there's just some great stuff on there. And um, But yeah, this tune off of Passage is my favorite. It's very unique. And uh, really, I just I like this whole album, but uh, I had to pick one, so I'm picking this one. So here we go, off of the album Passage. This is Samael with Jupiterian Vibe.
Samael with Jupiterian Vibe. Um, it's excellent. It really reminds me of like middle period uh, Moonspell as well, because they kind of did the same thing, not necessarily with like electronic stuff, but um, just incorporating just unique elements into their sound uh, and it just working really well. Uh, okay, we're going to jump to Australia here. This is one that I'm actually pretty excited to play. Um, they just released their debut on Friday, on January 24th. This band is called Forlorn Citadel, and um, they sound very, very similar to Summoning. And I love Summoning. And even the the keyboard like samples that they use sound just like ones from Summoning Records. And um, and I'm totally cool with it. You know, uh, some people might be irritated by it and and say that they should be more creative and find their own sound and this and that but quite you know honestly there, there's nobody else trying to sound like summoning so the fact that somebody had the balls to try it and actually do a damn good job of it uh, I think it's pretty cool actually because summonings output is not all that uh, prolific these days it takes five years for them to release an album and then after they release it they say we're never releasing another album again and then five or six years later they have enough material and they release another album so if you don't want to wait six years for another summoning record then you can listen to this um, but they did two demos prior to this so this is their debut full length it's called Ashen Dirge of Disdain and it's uh, it's out on Northern Silence Productions and uh, they have long song titles that are all kind of very like old English sounding and and fancy <laughs> but um, but this one stood out to me. I've listened to the uh, to the full record uh, twice over the last 24 hours because <laughs> it's a, just a brand spanking new album. So I listened to it at work uh, yesterday and then again today. And um, and this one stands out to me as a, as an early favorite. So here we go for all you summoning fans out there. This is Forlorn Citadel with Beholden to Griefborn and Vainroot.
Alright, I'll chime in while the wind dies down <laughs> at the end of that song. Um, I think that's excellent stuff, and even as ambient as summoning uh, can feel at times, I think that uh, Forlorn Citadel kind of uh, taps into that even more so. But they do it very well. Um, okay, we're going to go to Brussels, Belgium here, and this is a band that I have never heard of before. But Justin, my bandmate, uh, just posted something the other day on his Instagram citing this album uh, as his album of the year last year, and I had never even heard of it. But um, the band is called Ethereal Darkness, and the album uh, that he speaks of is called Smoke and Shadows, and it came out in February of last year, and it was their debut, and it uh, was released independently. So uh, as of now, it doesn't appear that they're signed uh, anywhere. But they should be, for sure, because this is a definite, uh, like, top-notch quality melodic death metal in the vein of, like, Insomnium. And they do it really well. And, um, and again, I've just never, <laughs> never heard of this band or this album at all. So in checking it out um, over the last couple days, it, it just blew me away. So even though it's like really new to me uh, I still was impressed enough to where I wanted to to play something on this episode and not uh, wait for future episodes uh, I think it's excellent so I'm right there with Justin as far as uh, being very impressed with uh, this band and this album so far so here we go from Brussels Belgium this is Ethereal Darkness with Forgotten Shadows <laughs>
that was Ethereal Darkness with Forgotten Shadows. Uh, I could definitely see why Justin kind of fell in love with this album is because a lot of the lead guitar work, not necessarily like solos, but the lead guitar layers uh, in these certain sections of these songs uh, is very reminiscent of his style of lead guitars that he plays as well. So I could see uh, how he would kind of find a connection. Um, okay, we're going to jump back to Norway here. This is a band that I first heard of in 2006 at the Inferno Festival while I was waiting in line to get inside for the first day. Um, and I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's been a very long time since I've played uh, something by this band on the podcast. The band is Keep of Khaleesan, and they were releasing their third album. They had done two albums just kind of under the radar, uh, different vocalist. It was a whole different band, really, but it's kind of this one guitar player's brainchild. It's his baby. And, um, and yeah, so then it kind of went dormant for a while because he was playing uh, live guitar for Satyricon for several years. And then he decided to kind of uh, resurrect this band, and, um, and it really picked up some traction. And uh, they kind of splashed back onto the scene here. Uh, with this third album. So it came out in March of 2006 and it's called Armada. It came out on Taboo Recordings and um, yeah I had not heard anything from the record before seeing the band live. I had never even heard of them but while waiting in line with my friend Chris we went to uh, to Oslo to see the Inferno Festival because Emperor was going to be playing. It was their first ever you know uh, reunion you know show that they had played so we didn't want to miss that. So we went to uh, to Oslo to check out the festival so we thought it would be like a once-in-a-lifetime uh, chance, but uh, of course Emperor has now continued to play <laughs> for every few years now. They're playing festivals and things, so it's a little less special, I guess, but it'll always be special to me. But um, but yeah, we befriended uh, a British gentleman by the name of Tom, who uh, we just got to talking about you know music and talking about Enslaved and talking about Decapitated and talking about all these bands that we like and... And he had asked if we had heard Keep of Khaleesan before, and we said no, that we had never heard of them. And he was just uh, raving about it, and he's like, oh, they're so good, they're so good, and this new lineup is great, and uh, it's going to be a great performance. Make sure you you know don't miss that, because they were get the first band to play on the main stage uh, that day. So uh, we made sure to get our spots right at the front, you know, because we were there very early to uh, get in line to get into the fest. So we claimed our spots right at the front in front of the guardrail, and... Keep a Khaleesan performed, and it was outstanding. It was a really, really, really good performance, and uh, I made sure the moment we got back home that I ordered that CD, and uh, I still still have it in my collection there, Armada. Um, but it's really good. The drumming is top-notch. The guitar work is tight as anything, and the songs are great and catchy and memorable, and uh, the vocalist had a lot of uh, range. He had a lot of variety with the voices that he uses, and um, but this is there's an intro piece and then it, this is the first song that truly kicks in um, with the album and it just sets the tone. It's great. Uh, but I played something off of this album once before, you know, probably two years ago or whatever. But uh, even though they do have other strong albums, I just can't break away from this one. This one is always going to be my favorite. So here we go from Norway. This is Keep of Khaleesan with Crown of the Kings.
Alright, that was Keep of Khaleesan from Norway with Crown of the Kings. I love it. It's uh, it's excellent music. It's fast and energetic and epic, and it's just tight and intense, and uh, it just checked all the boxes for me at the time, and uh, anytime I listen to that record, it just brings back uh, really great memories of that festival and their performance uh, especially, so... All right, we're going to go back to the USA here out of Pennsylvania. This is a uh, band that released their debut in 2018 on Iron Bonehead Productions. They haven't done anything since this, but uh, from what I understand, they are working on new stuff. But um, I do remember vaguely, <laughs> I just vaguely remember this album title, and I never checked it out at the time, but um, checked it out quite some time later and uh, really enjoyed it, and I just kind of shelved this one uh, to play on a future episode, so I decided that uh, this week is the week. So, the band is called Veiled. That's V-E-I-L-E-D, and they released their debut called Black Celestial Orbs. And um, I just remember hearing it and thinking that it was such a strong debut. Um, just the maturity of the songwriting. The songs are long. Uh, a lot of people think that you know mature songwriting just means that the songs get shorter and sleeker and more catchy. And uh, sometimes that's the case, but I think you can also still have long songs and just have them be better put together and have the performances themselves uh, be tighter and things like that. And uh, so for a debut, this sounds like a seasoned band to me, to my ears anyways, but um, I think the production's perfect for the style of music, and I just think it's a great release. So if you haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out. I'm pretty sure you can get it um, from the Iron Bonehead uh, Bandcamp page. Um, but yeah, again, the record's called Black Celestial Orbs, and uh, this is Veiled with Portal.
All right, that was Veiled from Pennsylvania with Portal. I think they make excellent use of repetition, and that's the perfect example of, uh, of when it can be used uh, really effectively. Uh, okay, we're going to jump to Sweden here and one of my favorite drummers ever. Uh, the band is called Cut Up, and Cut Up I have played uh, twice before over the years on the podcast, um, but they're just so great, I want to I play them again. But um, for those of you that don't remember, this band kind of sprung from the ashes of uh, Vomitory, whenever Vomitory called it quits. Uh, Tobias and Eric uh, formed this band with a couple of other guys, and they released their debut in 2015 and they released their second album in 2017 and they haven't done a third album yet because Tobias has been very busy drumming for like Niflheim and um and several other you know other projects uh that are escaping me now for some reason <laughs> God Macabre is another one that he drums for um and then of course Cut Up and then Vomitory uh they they claim that they haven't like reformed and they're not working on new music but they've kind of been doing some touring and festivals and stuff and it's just I don't know it's a little weird that it just kind of came out of nowhere and they said hey we're back but only for some live shows for the next couple of years you know but um so yeah it kind of concerned me that it was going to be taking the focus away from Cut Up as far as uh, Tobias with his songwriting because on the first album he wrote several songs, and then on the second album, he only wrote one, I believe, uh, which is strange because he's he's you know even though he's the drummer, he's always been a pretty prolific songwriter with Vomitory and with Cut Up. So uh, I was I was surprised, and I asked him. I said, "Is that because uh, Andreas was just on a roll, you know, with his songwriting?" And he said, "Yes, exactly. You know, he said that he has some other ideas that just didn't." Uh, get finished in time to make it onto the album and he said that Andreas uh, who's the guitar player slash uh, singer he was just kind of on a roll with his songwriting and he didn't want to stifle that so there's a, a lot more of, of his music on there instead of Tobias but um, so yeah I'm really anxious for a third cut up album so uh, that has a little more balanced uh, songwriting not that the second album was bad or anything but I always like Tobias's uh, songs so um but yeah, the second album here uh, came out on Metal Blade Records in 2017. It's called Wherever They May Rot. And great album cover, as always. And uh, great songs, super heavy production. Um, they use kind of a dual vocal attack between Eric and Andreas, and it's it's excellent because Eric has the more kind of gurgly, guttural, typical death metal voice, and Andreas has more of a, of a, like a mid-range uh, death metal scream. And, uh, and... I think the trade-off between the two of them is excellent, and uh, but most importantly, the drumming is badass, and I've always loved his style of drumming, and uh, he really showcases it well uh, with this band. So. so yeah, here we go, from Sweden off of Wherever They May Rot, this is Cut Up with Wherever They May Rot.
was cut up from Sweden with wherever they may rot. Uh, Alright, we're going to jump back to Switzerland. I can't think of another episode in which I've gone to Switzerland twice, but uh, yeah, this is a first. So, another classic band. This is Celtic Frost, and uh, while I have played them in the past, I've played stuff off of, uh, off of their first couple of releases, and uh, now I'm going to jump a little bit later in the discography here. So, after Into the Pandemonium... Um, there was a bit of a dark period for Celtic Frost, and that was the Cold Lake album, and it was just flawed from the get-go. We just had the wrong members in there, and they kind of took over songwriting and um, made it sound really like commercial kind of hair metal almost, and they kind of had a glam look, and it just, they tried to, you know, the, the record companies really tried to push it as uh, something really marketable, you know, and it just it didn't work it just did not work at all and it's a really uh embarrassing stain on the on the reputation of celtic frost and tom warrior you know he still doesn't really like to talk about that album much but a lot of people overlook the album that came after it which came out in april of 1990 their fourth album called vanity nemesis came out on noise records that to me was a really good bounce back record but uh, at that time like in the in the music industry i guess uh, you know the the world had kind of moved on from from celtic frost not that they were that huge to begin with or anything um they kind of achieved a cult status you know later on but uh, even so the popularity that they did have had pretty much waned by then anyways but it's a pretty strong record and um the songwriting is better and they just kind of said screw it and did their own thing and and uh it doesn't sound like the early stuff but it sounds you know miles ahead of uh, of cold lake um and i think it's a damn good record but um it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but um there are some really strong tunes on there so i'm going to play one off of it just because i feel like it's kind of an underappreciated and often overlooked um time period in their discography so here we go off of Vanity Nemesis. This is Celtic Frost with Wine in My Hand, Third from the Sun. Mm-hmm. 
was Celtic Frost with Wine in My Hand, third from the sun. Um, yeah, if you if you have found yourself only listening to, you know, Morbid Tales and to Megatherion, then I suggest that you, uh, you check out Vanity Nemesis again, if you've maybe checked it out just in passing and shrugged your shoulders at it, you know. There's some really good material on there, and I think it's worth uh, revisiting, but... Alright, it's that special time. I have to announce the final song of the episode, but of course I first want to say thank you to all of you for listening, and thank you for telling others about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com, or on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend, or the entire catalog of, uh, of episodes is on Spotify as well, so you can find it there and follow it. And then, of course, uh, if there's any sort of feedback or requests or things like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. 
And then lastly, please find and like the Facebook page because all updates and news and things like that, anything related to the podcast is going to be posted there. So here we go. One of my all-time favorite bands from Yorkshire in the UK is My Dying Bride, and they are releasing a new album, and I'm very excited about it. So uh, They're releasing their new album called The Ghost of Orion on March 6th of this year. It's their 14th record overall. It's coming out on Nuclear Blast. And this is going to be their first album with uh, the drummer Jeff Singer and uh, the new second guitar player, Neil Blanchett. Um, Calvin... Robert Shaw, who was back in the band after years and years away, uh, he rejoined for the last album, Feel the Misery, and um, I was excited to have him back, and I feel like uh, that album was one of their strongest that they've done uh, in, a, in a little while, but um, evidently that was fairly short-lived. Uh, I didn't even really know that he had left again, but evidently he left, you know, a year ago or whatever, because he just kind of wasn't, he's not a doom guy, and he says, you know, that he enjoyed his time back in the band, but at the end of the day, he's just more of a death metal guy uh, with his style of playing and and uh, just wasn't interested in continuing uh, uh, doing the doomy stuff. So they have a new guitar player, and I really like the new drummer. I hadn't heard anything that he had drummed on in the past, but um, in just in this particular song, they've only released one song so far from this new album, but uh, I really like his choices. I like his style that he's, uh, he's bringing to the table here, so... It's a great song, and it feels like it could come off of something from their mid to late 90s output. Um, it just it has a kind of classic My Dying Bride feel to it, and um, it's just really catchy, and I've been listening to this song constantly and practicing this song, you know, when I'm drumming and stuff. I decided to play along to this song, you know, last week, and... I just think it's excellent, and it's really got my my uh, my mouth watering here for the for the rest of the album. So, again, the album's called "The Ghost of Orion," and um, this song is called "Your Broken Shore." And I will see you guys in a couple weeks with another new episode. I'm gonna stay on track here. So, here we go, "My Dying Bride" with "Your Broken Shore." Cheers, everybody.
Yeah.